Well, hello there. Fancy meeting you again so quickly. You might want to pull up a chair. Um, right after the show aired, um, the last show about the U.S. military and depleted uranium, um, this thing came up about Ukraine. And also, I spoke earlier off the cuff as far as saying that the U.S. was no longer keeping track of um, weapons <laughs> in Ukraine. And um, I actually found that piece because before I was just talking off the cuff and I said, well, I think they passed something saying they no longer keep track of things and they were going to send over these accountants. Well, I found the actual file. Believe it or not, it was in a file named Ukraine Weapons. <laughs> okay, so, so what I'm going to be doing today is telling you what it means as far as what the law was that said, oh, we're not going to be keeping track of weapons in Ukraine. And then also, as importantly, they just, the U.S. White House just made a statement as to whether they'd be using depleted uranium in Ukraine. So I thought, wow, okay. So I will update you on what this law is so we have this all documented. Um, and then also, I'll read you a couple of press clippings about the, the White House being asked in the last, I don't know, day or so as far as... Um, if they planned on sending depleted uranium to Ukraine. Okay, so this is the deal with the um, weapons, okay? There's this thing called WEMAT, W-M-E-A-T 2021, which the Department of State published on December 2021. It's the final edition of World Military Expenditures and Arms Transfers, or WEMAT, Section 5114B4 of the National Defense Authorization Act for fiscal year 2022, repealing the 1994 statutory provision that required the Department of State to publish an edition of WEMAT every year. So this WEMAT is the World Military Expenditures and Arms Transfers. So they're saying, we it happened in 1994, they all agreed to this thing. So they're saying, oh, well, we don't really want to do this anymore, right? So consistent with this repeal, the Department of State will cease to produce and publish WEMAT. And I'm going to be reading from this person's article. They, did, they didn't seem like they were, like, insane, but, but they, they also, everybody believes in left or right. But let me just read from this article, okay? A simple Google or DuckDuckGo duck, search for any reporting on this development comes up goose eggs. Yeah, and I also came up with it when I just did a brief, and I'd forgotten that I'd put it in this file. <laughs> this is why I put things in files, okay? <laughs> for this simple reason. Okay, um... The only mainstream media source we found to report on this was a monologue by Fox News host Tucker Carlson on Friday. The elimination of this important program comes as sources say that the United States is virtually unable to track what happens to the military equipment and weapons being sent to Ukraine ostensibly to fight against Vladimir Putin's invading Russian army. None other than CNN reported back in April 
that the U.S. has few ways to track the substantial supply of anti-tank, anti-aircraft, and other weaponry it has sent across the border into Ukraine. Well, like I've said before, I'm not really convinced they've sent a lot of stuff. If you look at the photos they sent us and the news and stuff, I mean, you usually will see like one tank, okay? So, well, I'm just guessing. I've never been to Ukraine, just for full exposure, okay? I believe a lot of poor citizens in Ukraine are getting blown up as we speak. But anyway, so, um, so, so yeah, they did say on CNN that they could not trash this stuff, right? And then what I read to you before was what I found after I, I found this and put it in a file, okay? And then all I could find was the thing I read before about they, they were sending some accounting people over there to look for things. So this is an update of what the actual facts are. They, they hide a lot of things in this National Defense Authorization Act, also known as the NDAA. Because like one year, um, right as Trump was leaving office, what they put in there was... Um, well, they put in there an amendment to for total confiscation. I forget which, which the clause was, which is interesting because, you know, we're already, U.S. citizens are already declared enemies of the state in 1933, and that was never lifted. We also were declared slaves, you know. And the, the, when the slaves were freed, they really weren't ever free, right? Because we were all bundled into that thing, and I've covered this in other shows. So we were all bundled into that deal, and... Um, you know, there in that whole, even that whole, um, whatever happened, the, the amendment to free the slaves and stuff, enslaved all of us, okay? And there was a clause in there, a very specific clause, which said that everybody's free with exceptions, okay? That's how they're able to lock us up in prisons and all this kind of stuff in this country. Hey, I've spent one night in jail in this country, and I've spent two nights in <laughs> mental wards. <laughs> it can happen to anybody. So anyhow, so... Um, yeah, so, yeah, they did admit that they had these weapons, and I saw this with my own eyes, and I knew I'd seen it. And so this was, that went on to say, and this was four months ago, and the United States has poured many more tens of billions of dollars in military aid to Ukraine since then, yet our southern border goes unprotected. They're talking about the Mexican border. Meanwhile, the administration doesn't seem to be overly concerned by the lack of accountability with a senior defense official telling CNN that the transfer equipment to Ukraine was vital to holding off Russian aggression. However, both current and U.S. officials and defense analysts warned that in the long term, some of the weapons being sent to that country could end up in the hands of other militaries or militias that may be hostile to the U.S. and our allies. Yes, these people have some pretty dangerous short-term thinking skills, so, you know, I don't know. I will do one wild speculation here, okay? These people are just freaking dangerous, okay? I mean, really, for a dollar and a little bit of control, they're going to be handing these things out like popcorn, okay? So, anyway, so... Um, this was a quote, it says, um, <clears throat> We have fidelity for a short time, but when it enters the fog of war, we have almost zero one source briefed on U.S. intelligence, told CNN. It drops into a big black hole, 
and you have almost no sense of it after a short period of time. Meanwhile, most recently, Sean O'Donnell, Acting Inspector General of the Department of Defense, or DOD as we know them, right kids, <laughs> told Bloomberg that Ukrainian officials are not able to specify the exact location of arms and other military equipment supplied by the United States with all of their accounting done on paper. Doesn't it sound familiar? They were complaining about the Iraqis um, and their lousy accounting system. That was according to who, Bremer? Yeah, Bremer, when he sent over those billions of dollars, I mean, literally plane loads of money to Iraq, blame them for being lousy accountants, okay? <laughs> Just like they blamed Iraq for not doing studies and ended up with crippled children right now. O'Donnell, O'Donnell said Ukraine keeps track of all weapons using hand receipts. Well, see, this is the interesting thing, okay? They're always the poor little victims now, aren't they? Well, if I was going to hand somebody billions of dollars for the deadly weapons, <laughs> I would just think, as a matter of business, <laughs> that it would be up to me, the person handing over these billions of dollars of assets, money, cash, or, you know, whatever, that I would have a clear understanding of what it was. And this day and age of computers, it, it, it's kind of a, well... <laughs> Well, somebody's playing us, right? <laughs> okay. It's all paper, he said, while saying he has doubts Ukraine's leadership has much fidelity as to where the arms end up. He noted that a lack of efficient record-keeping also hindered efforts by the Pentagon to track weapons in both Afghanistan and Iraq. This leads me to another big question. They say that the U.S. is in, in debt by, what, $30 trillion or, or, you know, that huge amount of money, trillions, $30 trillion. I, I'm off the top of my head right now, okay, thirty. let's just call it $30 trillion, okay? Well, in that show I just did, I was talking about the fact that all the money that these professors have dug around and found that were missing from their budgets, <laughs> the trillions, you know, before 9-11 they had trillions missing, and then that professor had trillions that he found that they had misallocated. <laughs> so I, I have, you know, here's the thing. You have to question it all, right? Because, for example, this whole system is based on the U.S. dollar and only being so many of them, right? That's where it gets tricky when they start printing money because that starts to devalue the money that's out there in some ways, right? Well, they've been able to kind of prop that up through <laughs> stock trade deals and stuff. But, but here's the deal. Um... The more they devalue the dollar, the poorer everybody else becomes, right? Um, and that's all on paper too, right? Um, and, well, let me get to that in just a minute here, okay? Um, because, well, if they have, if, if, if the whole system is set up on so many dollars out there, right? And let's say, Let's just let's just speculate for a minute here, okay? Let's say behind everybody's back, in order to get these trillions of dollars, which seem to be coming up missing here and there and stuff, where did they get all that money from, right? <laughs> so, you know, let let's just speculate wildly for a minute here, okay? What what exactly? What exactly? Now these are people who are 
spraying radiation and deforming babies and doing all kinds of harm. And, you know, it's interesting because they seem to have a real big axe to grind on the Middle East, okay? And I got to tell you, it just seems that way, okay? Look at the brown skin. Look at that part of the world, okay? Look at the brutal treatment with this radiation deal, okay? Just look at it, okay? Why that part of the world is my question. Why them? You know, what is the anger? Is it because these people lost their mothers or never knew their mothers? I don't know what it is, but there seems to be a pretty focused anger on the Middle East, okay? So anyway, so what's to say that besides this known amount of dollars, I mean, would it be wild speculation to consider that somebody's printing pressing a whole lot? <laughs> spending all around just something to think about okay and I'll just leave that there because I have far more um, important things that I actually can pen down but it just seems like there's vast amounts of money roaming around the military and stuff okay and what about all the money they bring in from Afghanistan and the opium I'll leave that alone okay so meanwhile this O'Donnell person we left off before I went on that rampage he noted that a lack of efficient record-keeping also hindered efforts by the Pentagon to track weapons in both Afghanistan and Iraq. Okay, so it seems to me these people have a pattern here, right? <laughs> the one thing Afghanistan and Iraq have in common is the Pentagon, right? <laughs> so, meanwhile, O'Donnell acknowledged that NATO officials are confident that the security was sufficient for the transfer of weapons. Oh, okay. So this is all, all, all hedging on NATO. Okay. O'Donnell's, I, I posted this thing over on um, YouTube on the community page because somebody did this logo. The NATO logo um, converses to the Nazi logo. Anyway, look for a GIF of the NATO and Nazi logo and you'll find it. So those that figure on the, well, I, I worked in design, so I can't resist these things, but the Nazi logo flips into the NATO logo. <laughs> anyway, so, okay. Um, O'Donnell's office also promised to investigate the spending of Ukraine-related expenditures along with intelligence sharing agreements between the Pentagon and NATO allies. The, the effectiveness of training of Ukrainian forces in possible arms sales in black markets. Oh, good. They, they, they're writing memos, okay? What are they going to send out? Strongly worded letters? <laughs> For their part, Moscow has slammed the flow of weapons to Ukraine from the U.S. and other West Western countries, saying... It adds fuel to the fire. Okay, Moscow. I looked into the um, Hillary Clinton deal with um, Moscow and the depleted uranium. Well, <laughs> it happened all around this time frame, okay? <laughs> so, it was just one of those deals. And um, what I'll do is... Um, when I publish the pictures that I'm going to publish under the blog section of the my website, I'll um, publish some other data I dug up as far as where uranium comes from and that kind of stuff. But anyway, so um, so yeah, so it's interesting that the U.S. is in the middle of that really uh, pretty 
interesting deal to make sure they had their hands on the uranium. But anyway, so um, so they were questioning this. For their part, Moscow has slammed it, saying it adds fuel to the fire. In addition, Russia warned in July that foreign weapons being supplied to Ukraine by the U.S. and NATO were finding their way into illegal markets, not only in Europe, but also in the Middle East. Can't imagine anybody in the Middle East want to fight back against these people after what they're doing over there, the children, can you? Are you wondering why the Democratic committed Congress suddenly decided to cut off transparency about the U.S. supplied weapons and going and how much they cost? That's your answer? <laughs> well, they're thinking that it's, the Democrats are doing it against the Republicans, which is totally untrue. See, this is our shallow thinking in play here because, right? Both of these groups, the Republicans and the Democrats, both approved for this to go on. So, okay, so then this got me started. Now we get to the good stuff. In the Daily Mail, always a reliable source of news, I just was scanning around. And the headline was, Moment Ukrainian death ray weapon wipes out Russian soldier as they wander through a field. Warning, distressing content. It was a really a, a, a wide range shot, okay? Do I believe the shot? Yeah. Just like the latest black child that supposedly got killed in this country. Do I believe it to be true? Um, so, yeah. So anyway, so here, here's the thing. It was this gun, okay? And so that got me thinking. <laughs> so... So first thing I did, it said, warning, distressing content. Of course, I immediately zoomed in there, but no, it, it was a long, if you go to look at the Daily Mail, you absolutely do not see anything, okay? It is such a long range shot, okay? It basically shows what looked like some two people and some big plume of smoke blowing past them. So I immediately wanted to look at what that weapon was, because now we know a little bit more as far as the range of these weapons and that kind of stuff. So... What did it say? It said, footage captures the moment Russian soldiers were wiped out by Ukrainian shooting anti-tank weaponry at them. Remember, anti-tanks penetrating uranium. <laughs> soldiers are seen walking through a field before three blasts kill them instantly. People online have speculated that anti-tank missile Stugna P shooter was used. That is Stugna, S-T-U-G-N-A-P, was used. So I looked up this Stugma P and I got a little bit dizzy because it, anyway. Was it Stugma P? I don't really know. Um, or then I went looking and um, there was a that question, I think I talked about at the very beginning here, about the U.S. was recently questioned, like in the last 24 hours, if they planned on sending depleted uranium to Ukraine. So now let's get going there because this weapon thing, it's an Ukrainian anti-tank guided missile system developed in the early 2010s. And... Um, I don't know. It goes into, it's a guided missile thing. And really, you know, I did some searches through there. I didn't find any mention of the word, you know, radiation, you know, the words that I would recognize. And then it became kind of a blur. Um, the SCIF 
is designed to destroy mod. See, this is where I this is where I became suspicious of this stiff thing. Okay, I'll read it to you. It said because the first thing I did, I always do like document searches for keywords. Okay, and that's always a good idea. Just do a control find, and so I looked through this whole pile of jumbo mumbo to see if it said uranium, if it said you know if it said the words that I'd recognize. Right, <laughs> so it said um um. The skiff, S-K-I-F, is designed to destroy modern armored targets with combined carried or nonolithic armor, including explosive reactive armor, or ERA. Skiffs can attack both stationary and moving targets. So, I don't know. I don't know. It said they can... Point targets, but what got me about this skiff thing is if you remember the other, the cost efficientness they were talking about with this depleted uranium. Remember they could just throw it on a truck and haul it around. Well, this skiff thing is kind of the same. They haul it around in trucks and stuff. So I'm a little bit blurry on if it's skiff or not. So let me just leave that alone. But there's a lot of information about skiff if you want to go looking. Okay, um, because it is a type of missiles. Okay. And it has supposedly two calibers, and that has to do with the shooting range, the war, warhead. See, warhead penetration, these things, these words have caught my attention for some reason. Warhead penetration. Is that some code they're now using for radiation? Could be. Could very well be. Um, and it's remote controlled. Um, you know, it sounds like something that would fit rather neatly. You know, so... Maybe there's something radiation-wise in skiff. Don't really know. Um, but um, let me see. Um, the missile system was used during the pre-2020 Russia-Ukrainian war by Ukrainian forces following first deliveries in 2018. So that me, leads me to believe that they got this stuff in 2018, right? Um, however, it gained wider prominence against Russian army forces during the 2022 Russian invasion of Ukraine beginning in February alongside anti-tank systems provided by NATO countries such as the FGM-148 Javelin on April 5, 2022, Ukrainian forces used the missile system to down a Russian Ka-52 attack helicopter. Hmm. Can they take down helicopters with those? Uh, you know, they could have a missile to take down helicopter. It doesn't necessarily have to have, or it could have, could have had a uranium tip thing on it, right? Um, because that would have been what they likely used to stage that thing for um, Japan for the not uh, you know the so-called nuclear attack on Japan to get those photos. They used some sort of bomb. I, I've been suspicious that it was more than a bomb, and now I kind of my suspicions are getting answered. Right? It was likely something that was tipped because all those people in Japan ended up with radiation burns, which didn't come just from a bomb. Um, so anyway, so, um, and there's some interesting photos online if you're interested in looking, um, that show that it was just a bomb, okay, and <laughs> not radiation, but the people ended up with radiation stuff, so. Let me see. Oh, this caught my attention because it had to do with Gulf War. I remember we're talking about 
things going on over there. And it said, and this was from their wiki page, okay? As the war has moved to the Donbass and fighting has changed from wooded areas to open plains, the missile has been fitted to light vehicles to make it mobile. See, this is where I started getting suspicious here, the vehicle part, right? The Stugna P is being used in the same way U.S. forces used to tow military systems in the 1980s and the Gulf War Desert Patrol Vehicle. Its increased range gives it an edge over the NLAW and Javelin missiles. On 25 April near Izum, I-Z-Y-U-M, during one engagement, four tanks were destroyed or damaged in four minutes by the same Stagna P operator. The Skiff missile is also some 12 times cheaper to manufacture than the Javelin missile. Well, obviously, it has to take a much closer look, but right off the cuff, <clears throat> what does it sound like? <laughs> the Skiff missile is a lot cheaper. Well, the Skiff missile can also penetrate tanks and stuff, right? I gotta lay a bet here that that Skiff missile has some uranium on it. But anyway, so let me scroll down here. Um, so... Oh, yeah, and then there was a list of people that have this. Um, they showed a picture of an armored car equipped with a skiff with an Azerbaijani army. Azerbaijan, Algeria, Saudi Arabia, Myanmar, Georgia, Ukraine, Morocco, Qatar, Egypt, and Jordan all have this deal, okay? And then... Um, I don't know why I had that copy there, so let me curl down here. Um, oh, let me read it, because this was from the um, article when they were talking about these two Russians getting hit with this thing. Okay, this will make sense now. It said, shocking footage has captured the moment a group of Russian, but there's only two of them, were hit by an insane death ray weapon as they walked through a field. In the video, a group of... See, what they do, you'll also notice and pay attention to this, they use words which are always different, a lot of times different than the photograph, okay? And what it does, it kind of tricks your mind, and it also is easy to trick people who don't really pay that close of attention, right? Because they start to interpret groups <laughs> as groups, right? <laughs> Instead of a couple guys. Okay, in the video, a group of Russian soldiers can be seen walking through a field with detonated mines in it. But moments later, many are killed and others seriously wounded in a blast from Ukrainian troops. Well, maybe I missed the picture because I watched it a few times. I only saw two people, okay? But this is how they write clever copy. Maybe I've got it wrong. But anyway, the footage shows a weapon which is thought to be a Ukrainian anti-tank missile shooter blast through the unit of soldiers leaving behind a cloud of smoke. The weapon called the Stugna P, S-T-U-G-N-A-P, has pinpoint accuracy and can penetrate armor up to 800 millimeters thick. It is laser guided and has a range of up to 5 kilometers and is thought to have been widely thought to have been widely used by Ukrainian soldiers in the ongoing battle with Putin's troops. Well, I don't know. Is somebody telling us something here that they're suspicious of what they're doing? 
I'd be suspicious of all of them. Okay, then I found this, I found two articles. Um, one was from New Delhi, from this group that's over there. Um, the title was, United States refuses to say if Ukraine will receive toxic depleted uranium ammunition. The White House declined to say whether the U.S. will provide Ukraine with depleted uranium ammunition for Bradley Infantry fighting vehicles despite having concrete evidence showing that the weapon has the potential to cause cancer and birth defects. Good for them. You go, New Delhi. According to the transcript of a press briefing published after Wednesday, and today's and that was just a few days ago, an unnamed senior Biden administration official did not say whether the U.S. will provide Ukraine with depleted uranium ammunition for Bradley infantry fighting vehicles and depleted uranium armor for M1 Abraham tanks that are, that are part of a recently announced $2.85 billion military assistance to Ukraine. I am not going to get into the technical specifics on either platforms, said senior official in a special media briefing. Just don't keep asking me these complicated questions. Now, next question. Amid speculation surfaced, amid speculation surfaced about the U.S. Well, this person, English wasn't the first. Let me see here. Okay. Amid speculation surfaced about U.S. intentions to provide Ukraine with depleted uranium ammunition for Bradley infantry fighting vehicles, Moscow has warned against arming the machines with rounds tipped with depleted uranium, which it would consider amounting to nuclear proliferation. Hmm. So what's the next possible angle in all of this? Moscow then says, you're using it. Anyway, not going to speculate on that. So, okay. So speaking at the OSCE Forum for Security and Cooperation, the head of the Russian delegation to the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe, OSCE, Constamine, whatever, warned U.S. and NATO countries of grave consequences, saying that any such provocative move would will force Moscow to undertake harsh retaliatory actions. Okay, now this one is an article um, from a few days ago. Yeah, I guess all this took place on January the 20th, well, around that time frame. Okay, so the title was, um, and this is from a publication called The Intercept, okay? Now, The Intercept, they're all CIA operations, okay? The Intercept was founded by um, one of the eBay founders, I think it's Pierre something, one of the billionaires. Of course, he just wants to do it for freedom, right? Um, but yeah, and the Intercept was also involved in the um, Edward Snowden <laughs> NASA saga, right? So. Okay, so this is from the Intercept, January the 26th. Oh, I know that 
first article I just read, that was a group out of India, and that article was a few days ago. So they picked it up from this article here, now that I got that straight. And this article was titled, White House refuses to say whether Ukraine will receive toxic depleted uranium ammo. A Biden official wouldn't disclose whether Bradley fighting vehicles will be equipped with the anti-tank rounds linked to cancer and birth defects. The White House is unwilling to say whether the U.S. will provide depleted uranium anti-tank rounds to Ukraine according to the transcript of a press briefing, despite decades of research suggesting the weapon causes cancer and birth defects long after the fighting ends. See, I don't know where this decades of research comes from, but anyway, so... Um, at a background briefing on January the 25th, an unnamed reporter asked the unnamed senior administration official at the ses session whether the Bradley fighting vehicles now being sent to aid Ukraine to aid in Ukraine's defense against Russia would come armed with the 25 millimeter armor-piercing depleted uranium rounds they're capable of firing. As the reporter noted, firing these radioactive rounds is part of what makes them the tank killer that Pentagon officials called them. They called them tank killers, okay? They talk about uh, their kill targets, right? Not just their targets, but the kill targets, okay? The administration official who responded declined to answer. Okay, what did he ask? Let me see. Oh, the reporter noted firing these radioactive rounds is part of what makes them the tank killer, the Pentagon official called them. The administrative official who responded declined to answer, saying, I am not going to get into the technical specifics. Just stop with the questions. So, yeah, too technical, right? Okay, so, um, but the, I continue to read from the article, but the technical specifications of these weapons could have dire consequences for Ukrainians. Depleted uranium is a common byproduct of manufacturing nuclear fuel and weaponry, and owing to its extreme density, ammunition made from the stuff is a fantastic way of punching through the thick armor of a tank and igniting everyone inside. But these anti-tank rounds also happen to be radioactive, extremely toxic, and have been linked with a variety of birth defects, cancers, and other illnesses, most dramatically in Iraq, where doctors reported a spike in birth defects and cancers since the Gulf War when the U.S. fired nearly a million depleted uranium rounds and the, and the 2003 invasion of that country. Uranium binds avidly to biomolecules, including DNA, according to Kevin, a radiobiologist at the University of Eastern Finland. He was a former World Health Organization researcher and longtime scholar of depleted uranium arms and their effects. His name is um, Keith 
Baverstock, B-A-V-E-R-S-T-O-C-K. He was, he's now at the University of Eastern Finland. wonder if he got silenced along the way or if this is just his little stunt to pull. Okay, um... Now that I was yakking away there, I lost my place here just a second here. Um, okay, I'll just start here. It's been a common, it's been a concern since the start of the invasion, says Doug Weir, W-E-I-R, Research and Policy Director with the Conflict and Environment Observatory, particularly given that Russia claims to have its own depleted uranium arsenal though it's not clear whether any have been used in Ukraine. Well, yeah, Russia does have it. They should go look up their records of when they supposedly got it from Hillary Clinton. <laughs> what happened was, I looked I looked back into it again today, and Hillary Clinton, somebody wanted to sell uranium, somebody from Canada wanted to sell uranium to um, Russia, and somehow, because the Clintons are so crooked, they... Um, set up some deal with some rich person in Canada who had this, I think it was Uranium One was his company. And so she brokered some deal, and for brokering the deal, he donated millions of dollars to the Clinton Foundation. And, of course, they all got caught. So, so yeah, so that, that, that signifies that um, quite a bit of uranium from the United States got sold to Russia. So they're, they're, all their hands are dirty, okay? All of them. So, let me see here. Given that Russia claims to have its own depleted... Okay. Were the U.S. to provide uranium rounds for Ukraine to deploy against Russia, the odds might increase of Russia using its arsenal too, if it hasn't already. Generally speaking, Wire explained that the most severe contamination incidents will occur when a vehicle full, lo when a vehicle full load of DU, depleted uranium, cooks off after being struck. This may be a tank or a supply vehicle. Similarly, arms dumps containing large volumes of DU may create contamination incidents when destroyed or burned, Wire added. It's important that journalists pin down the U.S. government on its DU decision. Oh, yeah, like the journalists are going to pin down the U.S. <laughs> Dream along. Um, okay, well, it, you know, I, I'm just really kind of joking because if we use our brains, we we can pick up bits and pieces of this, okay, so. But they always have these hopeful messages because it makes people think somebody's taking care of things, okay. Okay, and this was, um, oh, this is some environmental scientist. He says, despite our popular association with uranium, the biggest problem there the biggest problem there is metal pollution not radiation explained Nikolai Denisov an environmental scientist who has closely monitored the health impacts of the Ukraine war so this guy and they want to say still pollution by heavy metals is dangerous and long term hence transparency in these matters is indeed important <laughs> well he's thinking it's Metal pollutants, not radiation. Well, I think it's probably a lot of all of it. Okay. And this is an interesting line in this article. It said, 
it can be uncomfortable to advocate against the use of a weapon that would no doubt be a near-term boom for Ukrainian resistance. See how they always sell the idea that the good outweighs the evil, right? Just like they they convince workers in these country, this country all this time that trickle-down economics. If you ask for a raise, the billionaires will all go away. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they play some pretty juvenile psych tricks, but they work. Okay, there was this international coalition to ban uranium weapons. They At the onset of the Russian invasion, they said, when there is war, everything else is secondary compared to sheer survival. On the other hand, the outcry became, because of environmental destruction must not be omitted if the country is to be habitable again afterward. If the Pentagon sends uranium rounds to Ukraine, it would surely have supporters. The ammo would be highly effective at destroying the armored vehicles Russia has poured into the country. As the White House faces and bends to growing pressure to share increasingly powerful arms with Ukraine, candid discussions about the unintended consequences of these arms transfers can become unpopular. But some scientists who spent careers scrutinizing these weapons will likely remain opposed, despite the immense sympathy of the Ukrainian cause. Asked about the White House's refusal to supply uranium rounds in Ukraine, Baverstock, the Finnish scientist, replied simply, I would certainly hope that there is no intention to use it. Well, and with that, I will close, and uh, that's what's going on in Ukraine. So be safe out there. Goodbye for now.